You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. A science story, huh? It was that golden moment because science was on my side. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. I am your host, Aaron Barker, and this week we're presenting stories about cats. Scientifically speaking, cats are the worst. (laughs) That's not my opinion. That's just science. And if you disagree, well, I have two stories for you right now that might change your mind. Our first story is from Tracy Rowland, one of the producers and hosts of Story Collider New York. It was recorded in September 2018 at Caveat in New York City. The theme that night was Game Changer. It's late at night and I'm standing alone in my living room and that's a strange uh, situation for me to be in because my, uh, my living room is a, is a social place. People like to hang out there. Um, it's 15 minutes from Midtown. My rent is cheap. I don't charge you a lot to stay. People come over. And uh, also it's, uh, it's, it's um, located uh, right by this kind of a row of bars and restaurants. I'm two blocks away and two blocks turns out is exactly as much space and time as a couple who's fighting and are leaving a bar. They need two blocks to figure out that, no, you're the asshole. (laughs) And so they like to really work on that right underneath my, my window after closing time. And so the restaurant below me has helpfully provided a bench outside (laughs) so they can really settle in and, and, you know, work on their differences. Uh, underneath my bedroom window after closing time and uh, so but this night there's um there's nobody inside staying at my place and there's nobody outside breaking up it's a quiet night um but I'm not actually alone because I am fostering a litter of adorable kittens and they are right upstairs and I don't know if you know this about adorable kittens but um they are disgusting This particular litter has brought with them a parasite, and they always have parasites. If somebody says, you want to foster a litter of kittens, just know that your life is going to be about poop forever. Um, But, and it depends on the parasite. You might get off lucky, you know, you might just get a little bit of uh, coccidia, that's fine. Um, Or you might be me, and this kittens, this group of kittens has arrived on your doorstep in a basket, looking cute, loaded to the gills with Giardia. And here's what makes Giardia awesome. It's when you walk in your front door on the first floor, they're on the third floor behind a closed door, your eyelashes melt off of your face because the smell emanating from them is so um, inhospitable. It is an inhospitable smell, and that's why I am alone in my house, because people have said, hey, I'd love to come visit. No, 
no, you're not allowed in my house. And, oh, I'd love to come stay with you. Absolutely not. Um, I'm just going to be here alone with, uh, at my Superfund site with these adorable things. And what I've done in my house to try to uh, mitigate this problem is on the, uh, the living room floor, I've got all my windows open and I've got box fans in the windows just sucking in fresh Ish air. I mean, it's Jersey City, so it's it's fresh air. But then on the third floor, I've got I've got the windows open and the box fans facing out. I've got this fetid chimney effect, just going, and it's and it's working. It's working. You can breathe in my apartment. You can't come over, but if you did sneak in, you could breathe. And so it's good. And I've got it under control. And I only have five more weeks of this, and then uh, and then <laughs> life will get back to normal. But then suddenly, my house fills with another smell that is the only other smell that could compete with kittens full of terrible poop. And it is a cigar outside my window that somebody is smoking and it is getting sucked right in with these box fans. And this happens a lot because, thank you, Bench, um, I, I usually I'll get a smell, I'll get weed, which is actually welcome because you could probably tell that I need to chill out every once in a while. So that's cool. And if someone's just smoking a regular cigarette, fine, because they'll be done in five minutes. But cigar smokers, they're in it for the long haul. And... That scent is just so cloying and awful. And I know what's going to happen. I'm going to walk downstairs, and it's going to be like some older white guy. And he's going to, you know, have a little bit of an attitude. Because I always figure, like, the cigar is just kind of, it's the tobacco embodiment of, like, a MAGA hat, you know, and a fuck your feelings t-shirt. And I'm going to go down and say, like, (laughs) give the same spiel that I always give, which is, hey, you are welcome to stay here, but the cigar has got to go. And then they'll give me a little pushback, but not a lot because they've heard this before because the reason they're outside my window is because their wives have kicked them out of the house because they're not going to have that smell in their house. So here's like another old lady telling them, absolutely not. So they'll push back a little and then I always pull out the trump card, which is, uh, hey, I got a, I got a baby sleeping upstairs and it's going right into the nursery and I glare at them, challenging them to argue about my advanced maternal age. <laughs> And inevitably, they'll grumble or, you know, they'll take their cigars and they'll leave. And uh, so I head downstairs and I'm prepared for this argument, but I'm not prepared for who I see sitting outside with a cigar the length of my femur. And it's this young kid and he's very hip. He's very Natalie dressed. He's got a slim suit, uh, highly polished shoes. He's an African-American kid. He's got like an old school fade. He's got his laptop already and his phone. He's sitting down. He's got a night of, of business ahead of him. And he's going he's gonna to smoke his cigarette. And I was like, his cigar? And I thought, are you smoking this ironically? Like, who are you? And, uh, and I give him the same spiel. I say, hey, you're welcome. You're welcome to stay here. But your, your cigar has got to go. It's going right into my house. And he just takes a puff on it. And he says, uh, no. <laughs> that's not part of the script at all. We have a social contract here. I don't really know what to do. And he says, this is a public space, and I can stay here and do what I want in it. It's not illegal to sit here with my cigar. And I was like, yes, it is a public space, but you're in my space, and your cigar is coming up, and it's going right into my baby's room. And he, he sees right through that. Takes another... Another long drag, and he exhales, and it's just a big middle finger going 
right up into my fan. So I do what you always do in these situations, and I take a picture of him because I'm going to shame him <laughs> somewhere. And he doesn't care. He just, he's posing, you know, for anachronistic cigar lovers monthly and, uh, and goes about his business. And I'm so, I don't know what to do. So I do what everybody does. And I turn to the internet and I go upstairs and I get on my little community bulletin board. And it's the little group where we just complain about why doesn't anybody fill that pothole or it's so noisy here. And then you get the old school guys going, well, why did you move to a city? And then it becomes that argument. It's, it's the most unhelpful group you know on Facebook but I get on I'm like all right they recommended a good plumber once maybe these guys can help me out and also I don't really know my neighbors for as full as my house always is this is like 10 years in and it's in order to actually meet my neighbors I'd have to leave my comfortable house and instead I just I import old friends and uh so I don't know these guys but for this Facebook group and their dogs you know I recognize their dogs on the street but um my neighbors and I have never really yet clicked but I get on I'm like all right you, I, you guys gotta help me out with this and I explain the situation and then of course their first suggestion is we'll close your windows and I'm like I can't don't ask me to explain but if I close my windows I will die so and they say well you know call the police and I'm like oh no 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 I'm not gonna be barbecue Becky you know I'm not calling the police on a black kid just living his life even though the 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 detritus from this life is coming up into my house and filling the lungs of my imaginary baby I'm still I'm not going to call the police on him and then somebody else helpfully points out that well if you call the non-emergency line they're not going to show up because you've already stated that it's not an emergency and they barely show up for the actual emergencies I'm like that is a good point so the Jersey City non-emergency police line is basically a help desk and uh, I should call them and so um, I call them and the very first uh, uh, order of advice they give me which is very useful uh, is close your windows and I'm like ah and then meanwhile everybody's kind of having a little conversation online and somebody's like uh, oh hey you should pour some pour some water on them out your window and I say to the cop hey I'm somebody's suggesting I pour some water on him and the woman on the other line is like ma'am that's assault um we we don't actually recommend that you assault somebody in front of your house and then she says well what's is this your property and I say well no I rent and she said well can your landlord you know if you if your landlord contacts us then it's different because if somebody's put out a bench it's kind of welcoming and you can't then unwelcome somebody but have your landlord call us and I was like well I know exactly where my landlord is. He's out in the garden smoking a cigar because his wife won't let him inside. And if I call him with this complaint, he's going to raise my rent to market rate. So he's not a resource at all. And um, so I, I thank the woman for her time and I kind of log off and then I think, oh, oh, wait, I, I might have a solution here. So I go up to the third floor bedroom and I walk into the, the uh, fetid kitten room and um, I pick up a bucket with a lid on it and, uh, and I'm so proud of myself that I thought of this. And I go down, down and I go uh, outside and he's still sitting there and he's, he's, got, he's getting a lot of work done. I'm actually really impressed because it's super late. And uh, <laughs> he's making phone calls and um, so I go and I sit down next to him on the bench and I put my little bucket next to me I just say hey and he looks up and I take the lid off and it's like the Pulp Fiction suitcase but just 
glowing with kitten poop. And it takes him just a second for it to just melt his face off. And he leaps up off of the bench. He's like those little um those little goats with those rocket feet. Like he just you've just never seen anybody just leap so high and he's like what what is that? What are you doing? And I said, Hey listen, it's a public space. And um so I'm gonna sit here in this public space and enjoy it with with my bucket full of poop. And he's beside himself and he doesn't know what to do and he's talking to his friend you're not going to believe this and then he just hangs up and then you know he's kind of having a little mini freak out and I said again you know you're you're welcome to stay and people are walking by as this is going down and they're wondering like are they breaking up <laughs> and um so then he gets out his camera and he takes a picture of me and I and I put my arm around my bucket <laughs> like I'm posing for the cover of psychology today and um, I wish I knew his name because I would totally make that my profile picture. And so he starts just packing up his stuff and he's grumbling and packing up. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, again, you can stay, but your, your cigar can leave. And he's, oh, you're crazy. And then so he storms off and I cover my little bucket and I go back inside and, um, and, I, and I fill in my, my little neighborhood group on, on what has just gone down. And they're so impressed. Very impressed, and um, and so uh, what has happened there is that um, you know I've I've uh, cleared my my air of one contaminant, and uh, my neighbors now know who I am. So <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> that was Tracy Rowland. Tracy is a three-time Moth Story Slam champion who first appeared on the Story Collider stage in 2011. She's also part of the producing and hosting team behind The Liar Show, a long-running New York City institution. Tracy works days as a writer and video editor where her promos and shorts have appeared on NBC, Cartoon Network, and Al Jazeera America. She won a local Emmy in 2010, but her mom still thinks it was the regular kind. It's okay, Tracy. We have our first show in Dallas this week where my mom lives, and she asked me the other day if the show is for children. I said, Ma, I've been doing this for nine years. Have you been thinking I'm doing puppet shows in libraries this entire time? But I digress. Our next story today is from John Marco Cerezi. It was recorded in January 2019 at Caveat in New York City. The theme that night was Rebirth. I... Th- I think I saw some of you uh, recognize me from uh, my college production of Cats. <laughs> I was one of the cats. I was wearing makeup. Maybe that's it. But that's not important. What's important is that in, in the orchestra pit, which I like to call the litter box, there was, <laughs> there was this woman, and I, I don't know if it was in spite of her tuba, or because of it, but I fell in love. And her name, her name was Laura, and, and she's, she's, uh, she, she's an Audrey Hepburn with the mind of an Annie Hall, like with these big, thick glasses that magnified her slight hazel eyes that nearly disappeared whenever she smiled. And she smiled every time I walked in a room. And then she would recreate an entire episode of This American Life, or, or Let Me Be Little Spoon for three months in a row. And we, we dated 
uh, and, and our relationship lasted all four years of college up to graduation. And then we had that big decision to make. We had other couple friends, some breaking up, some, some getting married. And we, we weren't going to do that because one thing we had in common is both, both our parents were divorced. Her parents got divorced when she was seven. My parents got divorced when I was seven days old. Um, yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so like most kids, my first word was mama, but my next five were told me to tell you. <laughs> so we, we kind of met in between. We, we, we moved in together uh, in New York City uh, to join an acting company just so I could waste a little more of my parents' money. And... Um, Things were going well. It was the first girlfriend I ever lived with, but I had lived with plenty of my dad's girlfriends, so I had experience. And, um, and whenever we felt frustrated, we, we fortunately, we had a, a, a weekly pay-what-you-can yoga class, to, to, or, or I, I call it our weekly free yoga class, to kind of get out all our tension. Until one day, we were walking home from a, a very relaxing vinyasa, when we passed this older man on the, on the corner, older guy, he had a big beard. He was in kind of a crumpled suit, the color of a, of a tombstone. And he was holding in his outstretched arms a cardboard box. And in the box were five of the tiniest kittens I'd ever seen. And he launches into this story that, that he's, he's actually a funeral director. And he was leaving a service that morning when he found the box with the kittens. No note. And he thought they were adorable, but his wife was, was deathly allergic, so he couldn't keep them. And as he's telling this story, I see Laura start to pet the kittens. And then I see her start to hold the kittens. And then I see her start to name the kittens. I'm like, we got to go now. We got to go. We got to get out of here. So I give her a quick pat down to make sure that she didn't hide any in her pockets. And we turn to leave when this, this guy says to no one in particular, though very clearly for us, he says, well, if no one adopts him by the end of the day, I'm going to have to drown him in my pool. Because, you know, those are the only two options in that situation. And I try, I try holding on to Laura, but it's like that thing I think when like a mom like lifts a car to save her child. She breaks from my grasp, she grabs the box, and she just gallops into the sunset like, like a lioness with her cubs. And when I found her somewhere in the heights... She, she swore to me, she swore she would have them in a shelter or adopted by the end of the week. And long story short, I had to drown them. Um, that, that's, that's a joke. That's a joke. Long story short, I was living in an Upper West Side litter box. And... I, uh, real quick, I, I think you maybe have gathered, I'm not a cat person. Because my, my earliest memory, like, like I've done a lot of therapy and hypnosis and sensory deprivation, and my, my earliest memory is, is my mom and I moving into her new boyfriend's house. And, and this boyfriend was actually my dad's former divorce lawyer. Um, yeah, very complicated. He went, he went from representing my father to f- filling in for him. And um, yeah, I know, it's the plot of Hamlet. And... <laughs> And we're moving in, and he had this cat named Smokey, a black cat with like a little white at the end of, end of his tail. And, and I went to pet Smokey. And as cats are apt to do when you show any kind of affection, Smokey scratched my face. 
and there was blood, and I asked if I could live with my dad forever. <laughs> and I was doing okay, though, with, with, the, with this, this, this box of kittens because they were too small to get out of the box. But a week passes, and we still have five kittens, but they're a little bit bigger. Another week passes, still five kittens, a little bit bigger. Another week passes, we now have three kittens because two of them got out of the box with their claws and now there's cats everywhere. There's, there's stray tails. It's like, it's like a booby trap. I step on one, a claw comes out of nowhere. I feel like Indiana Jones going to the bathroom every morning. And I, tr- I tried, I tried so hard to get along with these cats because I, I love, I, I loved Laura. I loved Laura more than I, I hated these kittens. And, and I even love that this was, that that was her impulse to, to adopt them because I think, I think it's, it's that same impulse that made her date me because <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, I think maybe, maybe I don't like cats because in, in a certain sense, I'm, 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 I'm a cat in the sense that, you know, I'm also an asshole. And, and I want you to know, this is, not, this is not just my opinion, okay? Story Collider, this is science. Because you see, here's, here's the thing. The reason that dogs are so nice is because, because, of, because of unnatural selection. We domesticated dogs over 15,000 years ago. And we bred them to help us hunt and snuggle and make YouTube videos. But, and I know there's cat YouTube videos, but they're very different because I've tried to make cat YouTube videos Dogs, the dog is your scene partner. Cat, you, it's, like, it's like wildlife. There's a lot of waiting and like baiting and someone can get hurt. And that's because, that's because cats, that's why we have, we have, we have, we have Toto and, and Beethoven and Airbud and the dog from Frasier and Garfield. There's a reason. And it's because cats have only been domesticated for about 9,500 years. And unlike dogs, cats chose us. They came to us because we had food. The food attracted rats, and the rats attracted cats. And who did the cats attract? They attracted this parasite called, that lives in their poop. It's called Toxoplasma gondii. And this parasite causes a disease called toxoplasmosis. And this disease, this disease if, if, if a mouse or a rat gets it, it changes their brain chemistry that makes these, these rats and mice attracted to the smell of cat urine. And humans can get toxoplasmosis. It's inconclusive if it changes our brain chemistry, but if it gets into a, a growing baby, it can be utterly lethal. And again, this isn't the cat's fault, I guess. And, and it's, not, it's not like Laura and I were in a place that we were going to have a baby anytime soon. I'm just saying between the rats and the mice and, 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 and the toxoplasma gondi, you are the company that you keep. And, and, and cats are very arrogant. Like, I, I used to try to talk to them and call their name, and, and, and Laura would defend them. She said it's maybe their feline brains can't, can't understand our vocal patterns, but no, there was a study. I did a lot of research on this. There was a study called Vocal Recognition of Owners by Domestic Cats that showed cats do recognize their owner's voice. They can tell because their ears twitch and their heads move, but that's it. Other than that, they do nothing. They're just like, oh, it's you. <laughs> and we get fooled. We get fooled because the cat, the cat, whenever we get home, the cats will rub against our legs. And we're like, oh, that's love. That's not love. 
they they are just they're just rubbing their 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 endorphins and pheromones all over you because they're they're claiming you as property. It's like if I went up to you and rubbed my armpits on your face. That's not love. That's gross. And all this is real. When the show is done, just Google why cats are evil, and all of this will come up. The only thing that got me through this time was, was there was one, one cat of the five named Baby. And uh, Laura named him Baby because Baby was the runt of the litter. Baby actually still had not left the box um, because he was so small. He was so small, I, I, I could pick him up with like two fingers. And I would just lie down and I would... I realized this is like the state I could enjoy cats in. It's like when they're borderline comatose, really. Or catatonic, if you will. And... I would lie down and I would put baby on my chest and we, I would just try to sync, synchronize my breath with his and uh, for hours. But baby, as babies do, got bigger and bigger. And one day I went to pick him up with three fingers this time. And I put him on my chest. And when I went to take him off, baby scratched me <laughs> on my face. <laughs> and there was blood. And that's, that's when I said, I said to Laura, I said, look, this is not, this, is, this was not the plan at all. I can barely take care of myself, let alone five cats. We don't have the money. We're both artists to, 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 to the, the cat litter and the food and the, the veterinarian bills that are going to be coming up shortly. And like, this is, this is not what we're doing. This is not the phase of life that we're in. And I love you, but baby, it's either me or the cats. And I really miss Laura. <laughs> She, she ended up finding a home for three of those cats. She kept, she kept two, Baby and another one named Posey. Um, she moved to L.A. She uh, met, a, met a nurse, uh, met, a, met a guy, and, and they got married, and, and they, they live together now. It's them, um, the two cats, and two beautiful children. Me, on the other hand, I am, I'm single. I... Uh, I have no cats, I have, I have no children. I have two roommates um, that no one will adopt. And yeah, I've, I've been working on, on this story actually and I, a good friend of mine named Alice, who I kind of run my stories by sometimes, she, uh, she actually had a cat that somehow got pregnant and had five, five kittens. And she knows how much I, I miss Laura and how I can be lonely sometimes. And she came, she, she, she knocked on my door. She surprised me. She came to my door. And in her hand, she was holding the runt of the litter and said, hey, how would you feel about adopting just one cat? I looked at that cat and I was like, no, I hate cats. Have you been listening to anything I'm saying? What are you talking about? No way. But I do know now that I would live with a million cats if it meant Laura coming back. Thank you. That was John Marco Cerezi. John Marco is a New York-based stand-up comic, storyteller, and actor. He's headlined Caroline's on Broadway, Stand Up New York, and many more. 
and his work has been featured on Funny or Die, Fast Company, The Atlantic, and Netflix's upcoming global series, Bonding. He recently acted opposite Tracy Morgan on TBS's The Last OG and Tom Selleck on CBS's Blue Bloods. The Story Collider is grateful for the support of the Tiffany & Co. Foundation and of Science Sandbox, a Simons Foundation initiative dedicated to engaging everyone with the process of science. The Story Collider is led by me, Artistic Director Aaron Barker, as well as Executive Director Liz Neely, with help from Deputy Director Nissa Greenberg, Operations Support Manager Lindsay Cooper, and the rest of our amazing team. The stories featured in today's podcast were from shows produced by Paula Croxon and Tracy Rowland. The podcast is produced by senior podcast editor Zoe Saunders with help from Gwen Hogan. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to Caveat for hosting these shows and to Cats for nothing. I feel like they would thank us for the same. Thanks for listening. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.